Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 63 of Beyond the Blade here on the Grand Stand Sports Network. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis. I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey, and it's a Festivus miracle. We're back. Yeah, it's been almost almost literally a month. You know, it's been around Thanksgiving. It's, you know, part of it is, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started here. Part of it is admittedly we've been slacking a little bit you know everybody's busy everyone's got their things going on it's a busy time of the year the other part of it is i don't know do you want to hear us come on talk about a bad hockey team every single week because like we just say the same things over and over again so like i feel like it's kind of hard to find new things here i guess right now it's kind of a busy time so we have some new things to talk about but uh i don't know last few weeks it kind of is what it is right yeah i mean kind of when speaking of festivals miracles when molson got uh kicked out of town yeah that's one of the biggest things I and mean, that's you know what's happening on our list and we forgot that like that's kind of crazy that actually happened and then did you see that he's like i haven't looked recently but last time i looked he had like seven assists in two games in ontario so i did hear that but <laughs> meh, whatever it's still yeah. Molson. Uh, exactly. but yeah I, th- I think like when that happened and then the scott wilson trade happened yeah i think you and i were both like we're sitting there like all right let's wait a day let's wait two days all right, maybe something big will happen now, and then just kind of that was it. No, we thought like, there was like the rumor of like a Leonard trade maybe coming. It's like okay, let's just wait one more day here and kind of see what happens. And right, because we were all like, you know excited about you know it, it seemed like it was the cusp of Batro starting to make some moves, saying okay, it's been whatever it was, twenty five games. I've had enough. I've seen enough. Um, I can start making moves and making this my team. And it kind of just never happened. Um, I expect it to happen. It'll happen probably sooner rather than later, but right. I think we uh, kind of got caught up in waiting for that next big shoe to drop and it just kind of never came. So here we are right before Christmas uh, to kind of re- put a bow on December before we get into the new year. So speaking of Christmas, did you get your, uh, did you get your Christmas shopping done? Did you get your, I mean, sorry, if you believe in Santa, cover your ears. Did, did Santa get all his gifts done for your kid? <laughs> uh, yeah, we finished. I think last Friday, it, it, the easier thing was a lot of it is uh, pictures of Layton this year for the grandparents. 
Oh, okay, uh, that works. So we, we have like the picture frame of every month for his first year. That's creative. There so we can go. give a, yeah, we can give pictures of that. Uh, him, we didn't get too much, you know, him being only, he'll be 10 months. Yeah. Um, so we got him like the blocks and a couple other things, but we'll do uh, most of the Santa work will will be with my parents who have claimed to have already <laughs> used four full rolls of wrapping paper for him. What? Yeah, insanity. Well, hey, man, so, that makes your life a lot easier, right? <laughs> yeah, just, I just got to take it all home. That's going to be the problem. Oh, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, for me, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit ahead of the game. I have a two and a half year old, so it's uh, he kind of is. He's into the whole Santa thing this year. It's the front of the first year is really into it. So, yeah, uh, you no, know, we had to go a little bit more into it. Um, you know, we were wrapping. Well, who am I kidding? My wife was wrapping uh, <laughs> <laughs> the gifts today, and the thing is, like, there's, there's going to be gifts under the tree, but like, she's very big and like she wants him to wake up and she wants a lot of his stuff put together. So she's like, okay, yeah, we're gonna put this together, so we're not gonna wrap it. She's like, okay, I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna put this together too, and this together, and this together, and this together. I'm like, you got the kid and all these things, and like, fifteen of the twenty things we got, we're gonna be fucking put together. Like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. So that's that's that. But uh, I feel like we didn't get him enough when I look at it, because like I said, we're, he's not opening that much. Like that's my big thing is like, right. opening gifts on Christmas is kind of your thing, but. Then like my bank account, I'm like, give me guys a lot of money. So <laughs> that's what you gotta do. You gotta get the small cheap gifts. <laughs> exactly. That, that was our so plan going into this year. And then like that never happened or really came to fruition because I don't know, like he's big in like the Thomas Tank Engine train things, like he likes chain tracks. So uh Joel's parents got him the, this big train table thing. So we got him the tracks that go with it and like the different like houses and whatever they are that matches up with it and the they're expensive and they rip you off and so nice. there goes all your money. That's how it works. Our big gifts for each other this year were, uh, because of the two big Disney trips we have this year with, uh, okay. we're taking Layton for his first. And then, uh, my sister's getting married in the fall and we're oh, going to yeah. turn that into a 10 day vacation with there the wedding go. in the beginning. So we yeah. actually became annual pass holders this year. There you go. How about that? That's Believe it or nice. not, it's actually cheaper. It's just become an annual pass holder. I think we save a thousand bucks just between the two trips alone. It's a good deal right there. Pretty that sweet. is a good deal. Speaking of Disney, did you see Star Wars yet? I have not. Oh, all right, then we won't talk about it. I don't want to ruin it for you. Was it good? I saw it. It was pretty good. I'm gonna go see it again next weekend. I think you know you gotta at least see it two or three times because you miss something. So that's kind of how it works. And plus, there's people listening too. We don't want to drop spoilers or anything in here, so <laughs> we won't do that. So we'll we'll get on to the hockey talk now because after we've kind of rambled on here for a few minutes. So a few things we're going to touch on today. It is our Festivus episode. So at the end here, we're going to air our grievances. Uh, there will be no feats of strength since Bill and I are not together. And I don't really feel like wrestling anyways, because that's just, I don't know, I kind of gave that up in high school. Let's <laughs> uh, talk about the defense. The World Juniors are next week. That's pretty exciting. I'm pretty pumped for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Nylander is one of the topics with the World Juniors. Phil Housley likes to change lines. Uh, they can exchange underwear, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Sam Reinhart is an interesting conversation. And then we're also going to touch on the Americks, who are pretty much killing it still. They won again yesterday, 3-1. to one, So that's super good. But um, I don't know. Where are we going to start here? Let's start with, I don't know, <laughs> I, I guess, I, I don't know. Is there where you want to start here in particular? Because um, there's so many places we can start, and there's so much – like for like five games, like things looking like they were better, and then now we're back in the spot. We're like, oh, well, no, they're not, not that good. 
So it I, was I don't a problem. Know. I mean, so what was it? It was points in five straight. Points, points in five straight until the Flyers game, I believe. So I mean, it it was good or better, but I mean, you really had what seven seven points and or six and ten games or ten. Yeah, there were two. There were they two zero and two. So I think it was four points in four games. What it was, and, they, and then their fifth game they lost. So. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think kind of where we can start, since I guess at the end here we'll be airing some grievances. <clears throat> Let's start with the defense, because I think okay. kind of what we talked about um, in the, the Thanksgiving episode was that the defense was now healthy, and it was time to try to you know put this group together and kind of fix the defense. Like I said, for me, this is what I was going to be watching for the rest of the season, because as we can kind of tell, the forward group is – just a lost cause at this point this year. Um, <laughs> we'll get more into that, I'm sure, later. But I, I think the defense, at least as a whole, is and, and as a unit, is actually starting to play better. Obviously, passing has been an issue for many years and still is. It's part of the reason why the forwards have trouble you know, using their speed through the neutral zone. But uh, from a defensive standpoint, I think they're kind of coming together better as a unit. And you're kind of seeing maybe what could have been or what can be uh, when you have a full healthy six back on the Sabres blue line. Yeah, when you break it down, it's, you know, it's – I mean, Bristol's playing well. He's not getting you goals, which you would kind of like. I, I think right. Scandella has been fantastic. I, I think that's going to be really good for the Sabres going forward. Uh, Bogosian's been pretty nice since he came back. You know, it's, he's not really having that BOGO. It takes me 10, 15 games to kind of get my game back, so that's good to see. Uh, Jake McCabe's been physical. He's been providing the only goals from the blue line, believe it or not, and the only points really recently from the blue line. Uh, and then, you know, there's Antipin who's playing better. He's in and out of the lineup. Falk is Falk. George's is George's. And then there's there's Nathan Bolu, which oh. I don't know. I, I'm curious of your opinion on Bolu because he's missed some time this year. You know, he had the injury, then he's been sick. He missed like a week or so recently. A lot of people are down on Bolu and – Maybe it's just me. I, I, I don't really don't understand. I mean, he's not producing the points you would expect, and I, and I get that. But he's not also – he's not having those mental mistakes like he had at the beginning of the season where he's putting pucks on the opponent's stick. I mean, he, he can skate. He moves the puck well. Mm-hmm. Is it because he's not producing? Is that why we think people are having issues? Because personally, me, I really don't have an issue way he's playing. It, and he, it kind of goes back to the – I don't really notice him as much as I was in the beginning of the season. I think it's a good thing. Right, because he's not having those mental mistakes, and that was kind of Bolu's whole thing coming from Montreal. Is yeah, he'll have some good games, but then he'll make some really dumb turnovers. He really hasn't done that. And I think that's kind of the problem. Is early on he was having those really dumb turnovers that were ending up in the back of our net, but at the same time he wasn't having those really good games to kind of counter to counteract that. I mean, he only has three points in twenty-two games. Like you said, he's kind of been not in and out of the lineup because it's more stretches than it is like a game here or there. But I kind of agree with you that I think he's he's getting a little more hate than I guess he should be. But, I mean, at the same time, three points in 22 games is not good. But my counter to that is nobody's scoring, let's be honest, especially on the defensive side. It's just it's another terrible year for the defense. Risto has nine assists in 25 games, zero goals. I mean, you need so much more uh, out of Risto. Scandella, I, I, he, all we talked about was the shot. And don't get me wrong, like you said, I think he's been really good too. He's been solid in the defensive zone. Uh, he's, he's probably been the most consistent and best defenseman overall. Um, yep. But they talked about the big shot, and I just I need to see it more. 
Uh, I mean, he's getting scored. power play time now. So, I mean, I, I will say yeah. somebody <laughs> – it was funny. I don't know how much you saw of the last game. I think it was – where did they play on Tuesday? Boston. Where did they play? Boston. It was Bogosian and Scandella. For some reason, it had, like, the NHL 18 slap shots where you, like, you wound up yeah. for, like, 15 <laughs> seconds and then hammered them. Uh, so, I mean, Scandella got a few through. But uh, he's getting power play time, which I think is a little interesting. But nonetheless, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. You can finish what you're saying. No, it's fine. And I just, like I said, so I think it's, I, I think at least with Beaulieu, we're starting to see progression. And that's something that not necessarily that we've been seeing. Yeah, and it's not something you're going to see out of guys like Georges and Falk. Um, but you, like you said, Beaulieu, he's, he's a much better skater. He's a better puck mover. And I think he's kind of just, I think it's really hard for a guy coming to a new team to, to feel his way in through the new team and then have that injury and then have that sickness that lasted a week and a half, uh, which is kind of crazy in itself. But I think that I, I'm especially because we're the third round. Like I would do that, you know, every time uh, for a guy of you know pretty much low risk, high reward. Um, so I, I would be willing to give Bolu the entire year, basically. Um, but like you said, they signed him to a two-year contract, right? So you have him at least for the next two years. I mean, he's only 25 years old. Exactly. I mean, he's still fairly young, um, and I think once this group is is really starting to play together. I think it's only going to help him kind of get things going here. Uh, we just need to see him for a longer stretch. I think in and out of the lineup, you're kind of, like you said, you're remembering all the bad stuff from the beginning. And then he's not playing as bad now, but he's also still not producing. So it's easy just to pull the stuff from the past uh, and remember all the bad stuff that he did and kind of lump it all together in the 22 games that he's played. But I think really here, what you got to look for is for him to play a longer stretch uh, for the next couple of weeks. And then he's got to start putting points up on the board as does everyone else on the back end. Right. So one thing I want before we go to the defense here, I want to run by you to see how the step I had to see how intrigued you are by it or how surprised you are. Do you want to just let's do it this way. Tell me how many shots you think Marco Scandella has on net this season. Scandella on net this season? Mm-hmm. I'll go 72. That's harder than I thought you were going to say. He has 65. Okay. That is second among all defensemen. Risso has 68. So He's getting a shot through. He has more shots than Reinhardt, who has 60. It's funny, after <laughs> Reinhardt, it drops off to pull you out at 47. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Surprised Reinhardt even has 60 shots. But, I mean, it, it brings you down, like you're talking about Bolu. Bolu has 28 shots in 22 games. That's a little over a shot a game. I think yeah, I need sure. more from him there, you know? Yeah, and I think it's been kind of a problem with the team in general. Uh, yeah. You've heard Housley talk about it. He needs them to shoot more. Uh you heard that he was in Jack's ear before the game where he had, what, 11 shots, and uh, he had the hat-trick the other night too. So I think yep. he's starting to shoot more. So, I mean, it's good. I, I think it is something that the Sabres, as a struggling team, they need to do. You just got to start putting pucks in the net from everywhere. Uh, I do remember seeing it with Gergensen's a couple games uh, in the last couple of weeks where he's going to the dirty area in front of the net and pretty much getting his ass kicked. But, you yeah. know, he's there, and he's getting chances – He's still not, you know, scoring or necessarily producing, but that's what you have to do when you're a team like this that's just struggling to score, struggling to put points up uh, on the standings. You got to, you know, get get the pucks to the defenseman, get the puck moving, uh, and get it on net as quickly as possible. And then you got to have those guys that will go to the dirty areas. Uh, that's why Kane is so successful. He shoots from everywhere, but he also follows it up and goes to the net. Yeah, so I, I – I, it's nice. I'd like to see more shooting out of Scandella too, but I, I guess I can't really complain as much if he's second uh, among all defensemen. 
So I'm going to do a little, we're going to do a little bit of a switch here. Here's a stat I saw here. So we're going to kind of get into the lines. I guess I want to go to Reiner next, but I'm going to bring up a number with you because I just looked at these numbers here. I'm on the Sabres website. There's something I want to run by you to see what you think about it. So I see Kyle Apostle here. He has five goals in 32 games, 14 points in 32 games. He has 73 shots on net. His shooting percentage is 6.8%. That's kind of low. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to looking at what I'm looking at last year's right now to see what shooting percentage was last year. Last year he shot at 12.2 percent. It's a little bit above the league average. League average around eight or nine. So I'm sitting here thinking about Oposo's game before we jump to Reinhardt here, and I'm starting to kind of wonder if there's a couple things going on that maybe can calm people down a little bit with his game. One, the power play is not as good as it was last year. Mm-hmm. He picked up points there last year on the power play. The other part is, is maybe you see a little bit snake bitten this year. Because think of how many times he's had really, really good scoring opportunities. You know, he's been robbed or he shot a wide or he's hit a post. Yeah. So I wonder if we're kind of seeing maybe a little mixture of both. I mean, again, he's not – I mean, even last year, he wasn't like a speed burner. I, I think he maybe just converted on his chances better than he has been this year. I'm not making excuses for him because there's been games where he's been non-noticeable. But I don't know. That 6.8 shooting percentage kind of jumped out at me. I don't know if you have a take or feel on that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the lowest uh, on the team for the forwards. Uh, I think it looks like Gergensen's the only one that's lower at a 2.4. At 2.4. <laughs> <laughs> Larson at 2.9. But, I mean, I guess of the top guys, yeah, he's he's definitely the lowest. Uh, and like you said, Kyle Poser, what is he known for? He's known as being a sniper. So, I, I, I could tend to agree. I think, like I said, I, I then don't get me wrong, this team is – they're not good. But um, I think there's just a kind of a lot of things that are just happening and, and going wrong this season. Uh, like you said, the defense that were, you know, so injured in the beginning and, and now just starting to gel 34 games in. Uh, it's just – there's just been so much. The line shuffling again. But, I mean, <laughs> at this point – I mean, you can blame them. Like you said, we'll get to it. But you can blame them for, you know, you got, what, two, two days off and you change the lines both days. Yeah, um, but at the same time, I think Housley being a new head coach is just struggling to find anything at this point, and he's literally just trying anything and everything, hoping that something kind of works here. Um, I mean, we'll see. But I, I liked yesterday's lineup, uh, so hopefully that's what we see tomorrow night. So before we get to Ryan here, one thing I did notice on the opposite end of the Oposo spectrum here is a. Uh, is a big red flag for teams who want to give Benoit Pouliot some money in the offseason or trade for him. 17%. His shooting percentage is 17%. <laughs> Eight goals on 47 shots. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, sustainable there for Mr. Benoit Pouliot. But, um, yeah, it was a nice goal, but if you remember, it's <laughs> things like this for Pouliot are going on when he splits the D, goes to the outside, and happens to go five-hole from a terrible <laughs> angle, and it goes yeah. in, so... And yes. he had the one, the one goal too. The nice goal he had against Kara. No, I forgot who it was. But he said after the game that <laughs> he said he, he admitted he got a little lucky that he had his head down and sort of got crushed by whoever it was there. I think it was the oh, Ottawa yeah. game. It was the Ottawa uh-huh. game. Yeah, he sort of got crushed, but he somehow got around it and whatever. But I don't know, seventeen percent. I guess that's a, hopefully other teams have their ears covered there, earmuffs. So yeah, trade us a good pick or prospect for Benoit Puglia because that'll help you out there. Hmm. Uh, all right. So, on to Sam Reinhardt. 
Sam Reinhardt, 34 games, five goals, 11 points. I know plus minus doesn't mean anything, but he's a minus 12. Uh, 60 shots, 8.3 shooting percentages. We're talking about shooting percentage. I'll throw that out there. Um, he's been on the fourth line. He's been with Eichel. He's been on the third line. He's played center. He's played wing. Literally in the fourth line. It. And then now he's back with Eichel again. So, like you said, he's literally been everywhere. Uh, I don't know. I asked him to let you go first here. I'm, I'm curious of kind of what your thoughts are with Reinhardt. I mean, honestly, Botterill is looking like a genius right now. I'm not talking to him in the offseason about a contract because mm-hmm. if they're going to resign, they're going to get him super cheap the way he's producing right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's just – Reinhardt's tough. Reinhardt is actually probably one of the is, – is the toughest one on the team, I would say, um, because he's so young. Uh, he's such a high pick. And I think the the experiment at center just <laughs> – it didn't work no. so much to a point that I, it's he struggled out of the gate with it, and I just don't think he's ever found himself. Um, now that you had him, you know, you tried that center experiment – you had him kind of up and down. Then he was playing so bad that let's send a message. He was down the fourth line. Then, hey, maybe we should get him out of this slump. Let's put him with Michael. And it worked for a little while there. Um, and then he kind of just faded off into nothingness again. I mean, 11 I mean, he got away from it, though. He, he had that big game in Pittsburgh. Then the next game, mm-hmm. he played with Eichel and, and Kane. And I think they lost 3-1 to Carolina. And then they broke it up. Like, it's, 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 it's the whole it thing in the line here. So we're kind of going yeah. both. It's like... I understand you have a bad game, but you got to let this go here. Like, you know, you're not going to get – I think that line had, what, six or eight points in that Pittsburgh game? Like, you're not going to get yeah. that every single game. You know, they're not going to have a great game every single game. Just – I don't know. Go ahead. Finish, finish your thought, Reinhardt. No, yes. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it's going to be very interesting because it's I, – I wonder how much of it Bottrell has to say. I would assume basically nothing, uh, especially when it comes to the lines. So yeah. – I, I think it's it's to the point where like Housley doesn't know what to do with Reinhardt. And I wonder how much that influences what Bottrell will do. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the way he's playing, I just – the only thing that would shy me away from him getting moved uh, this season is – I just what, – what val- I mean, obviously with his age and his draft pick, you're going to have value. But how much value are you really going to get? Um, and I don't think you're moving Reinhardt for – not a nothing, but for kind of just like make a one-to-one uh, at this point. I, I think you yeah. hang on to him. You sign him for, you know, two years. Like you said, you can do it cheap anyways, and then you hope he turns it around, and then you can kind of do whatever it is you're hoping to do. Yeah, you know, it's – like you said, if you're going to move him, it's it's basically you're going to take someone else's Sam Reinhardt, someone else's who young guy who's not producing up to standards. And the guy I keep talking about is maybe like a, like a example is like a Sam Bennett in Calgary. I mean, I know they're drafting the same draft two picks apart, but, you know, that's the example that popped in my head. You're, you're, you're getting somebody else to Sam Reinhardt, like a Sam Bennett you're going for, who's not producing to the level people thought he was or his team expected him to produce to. But, you know, part of me wants to go back to – I mean, I, I get it. From Housley's head, his mind you – know, his, his standpoint, mm-hmm. he, doesn't want to, he doesn't want Sam Reinhardt to be the guy that only can produce – playing with Jack Eichel. And that's kind of how it's been his whole career. He plays his best and he produces the most when he plays with his friend. You obviously want him to be able to hit other people and produce at that level. 
unfortunately it doesn't it, it's not working right and I, I think if you want to establish some sort of value back in Reinhardt maybe remove him in the offseason or want to move him at the deadline if, if it was me and I'm coaching this team I put Eichel Kane and Reinhardt together and I don't move them until either Kane or Reinhardt goes off this team and just let Kane blow up his value playing with Eichel who's obviously helping him explode to being close to a 40 goal guy this year I mean I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure Eichel has literally almost all the primary assists on Kane's goals. And just let Reinhardt benefit from that too. And you can increase his value. Maybe you give him confidence where then he can go play to the line and still be productive. You know, that's but that's kind of the thing. To your point, the 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 theory behind it just doesn't make any sense. Like if you want Sam to be an, a more all-around player that can play with anybody, but he only produces with Jack. Jack's not going anywhere. You have him right, for exactly. Ten years, like why I don't, can't why can't Ryan play in Eichel's ring for the next ten years? What's the problem with that? Right. So I mean, it's not like I don't know. It's not like you have some guy that you're going to lose in a year or two, and he only plays well with that one guy. So you need to make sure he can play with other people when that guy's gone. You're, you have Jack forever. So why don't you just stick him with him? And if that's where he produces the best, especially on a team like this that's not doing anything. Um, that theory behind it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the counter argument is then you have a one-line team, which you have a one-line team anyways. Whether Reinhardt's there or not, it's going to be Kane or Eichel. I mean, this team, this version of the Buffalo Sabres, you have a one-line team. You literally have four guys that produce. And right. Pollenville is going back to the group. And, and Pollenville yeah. is Reinhardt. He only scores goals when he plays with Jack. So, like, right. Right. you know? Yeah. Speaking of a little bit above shooting percentage average, yeah, Pollenville's right. at 11. So, exactly. Yeah, and like you said, his goals were primary assists from Eichel back door where he's just firing into the back of the net. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, yeah, I think Jason, without being or without, yeah, without being with Jack uh, recently, you see him now kind of falling back to the rest of the group uh, at that kind of half a point a game. Um, and then you only have really O'Reilly, Eichel, and Kane that are even producing anything close to what they should be doing. Uh, in their positions on, <laughs> on an NHL team. Yeah, you know, Reiner, or not Reiner, I'm sorry. O'Reilly is another interesting guy. I mean, it's – everyone's saying he's having a bad year, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm doing the math on it right now, I'm really pretty sure, but, I mean, he's still – I mean, his career has been a 55-60 point guy. And, sure, there's games he's not noticeable. Uh, he's streaky at times. I get that. But, I mean, I think – um, again, I'm doing the math right now as I'm talking. I'm pretty sure he's still on pace to be that, you know, 50 to 60 point guy. Is Probably a little under 50 right now? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm doing the math right now. So hold on, give me a second. 48 plus 21. He's he's at 51 points right now is his pace. I don't know. Am I going to get mad if Ryan O'Reilly has 51 points come game 82? Probably not. And that's the kind of player he is, you know? Right? Uh-huh. I, I I personally have not and will never have a problem with Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, I think on, once this team kind of gets a bottom six going, uh, I think he's a great second-line center. And I still think that one-two punch of Michael O'Reilly is really good and can be really good. Um, I, I think it's just a, a matter of kind of the team has struggled for two years now and they've come into this year and they're struggling mightily. And kind of everybody's down on themselves, and he's taking it 
the hardest. I mean, how many times have we told him that he sucks at hockey? Right. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's just a matter of, I think the whole team is playing badly. And so a lot of people are putting that on him because I mean, we're seeing the same thing with Eichel, right? I mean, are we not? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't want on that it's path. A different I, mean, story, I, I, think but... I, I think I covered that enough with Harrington, you know, on what yesterday, but and it, really O'Reilly is kind of the same story. I mean, again, right. There's games that he is not relevant. He disappears. I understand that. You don't even notice he's playing hockey, but like I just said, he's going to have, he's on pace right now. And, O'Reilly always hits those stretches where he scores 13 or 14 goals in 15 games. That's just the way he is. That's the way he plays. He's a streaky player. There's really nothing wrong with that. That's what Evander Kane was before he came in this year. He was a streaky player. A Kane found some consistency this year. That's so that's good. That's what used to do on his first stint. Exactly. That's what Pondville did last year. He had like two goals through like 50 games. And then in the last 30, he scored like 10. Like, that, that's just kind of how it works. That's how some players are. And at the end of the season, I mean, at the end of the season, we're going to look up. We're going to go, he has 55 to 58 points. You're going to go, oh, well, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a, your classic Ryan O'Reilly season, right? And that's, I can't really complain too much come game 82 if that's what he has. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Ryan O'Reilly, Eichel, <laughs> I'm never going to have a problem as much. I mean, he, I, I, like you said, I think it's, it's Nobody's easy. immune to criticism. Let's I mean, let's get that out there. I mean, that, that's whether right. it's Michael or Riley. So I'm going to say that just so I mean, there's, clear there's not favoring anybody. There's definitely games where it, it's close. It's getting to the end, and you'd like to see Eichel or Riley take over a game and win it for you, and that hasn't happened either. So yes, there can be criticism on both sides. But I mean, overall, as a we're looking at this team as a whole, and what is the issue? I can tell you, it's not these two. No, 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 not even a little bit. And, and and to keep hammering on, I mean, again, I don't want to go in front of this room all because I'm going to start yelling things at the microphone. To keep hammering on, specifically Eichel, on these things, I mean, that's, it, it really is the most ridiculous thing in the world. This guy, again, he's he's playing on the worst team in hockey. He's the only one of four players in the team that can score a goal. The other guy that can score plays on his wing. I mean, and he's going to be gone in February. What do you think is going to be ha- what happens when a band of Kane goes in late January, <laughs> early February? Like, okay, then you're down to three guys who could score goals. Like, it's I, – I don't know. It, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me how you're going to blame this guy. And, I mean, he's – I mean, again, you know, everyone, nobody likes his attitude. It's, it's a Jay Cutler argument. He has a bad attitude. He <laughs> wears emotions on his sleeve. It's okay. So what? He cares. He cares that he's losing games. He doesn't like to lose, so he's frustrated. I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Just people on Twitter were saying, you know, I mean, who's not trying to hurt in the defensive zone? I don't know. Are you at the game? Because I'm never going to go after a player about his effort unless someone in the locker room says he's not giving him the effort. Then I'll listen to it. But until then, nobody's saying Eichel is not giving effort, so I'm not going to believe that. And, yeah, I mean, there's that one gif out there where after a long shift, he glides into the zone and Carolina scores a goal. But really, that's not a responsibility to come cover those two guys and those two defensemen in front who can't make a decision which guy they're going to cover, and they both cover the same guy, and the other guy walks in and scores. That's not Eichel's fault. It's, I don't know, it's a ridiculous argument, and there's so many losers in this team, but to pin it either on O'Reilly or Eichel, you know, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But I mean, again, you got to remember, too, a lot of people like to t- – they forget about the human element. <laughs> right. Put yourself in his shoes. The last two years, he's had this weight on his sh- shoulders that, you know, he's the second coming and, and is going to save the Buffalo Sabres, and it hasn't happened. 
of course, it's going to be frustrating. You're going to be pissed off. Uh, you're probably going to try to do too much, which I have seen with Jack. I'd like to, him to take it and use his speed to the outside, but a lot of times he likes to dangle and try and split the D, which really hasn't worked. Um, I mean, he has to yeah. go end to end most games because his defense can't get in the puck, so he has to go get it and skate it on himself and then go the full length of the ice. Right. So I, I think it's 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 a matter of him trying to do too much, and then when he loses the puck, he gets frustrated, and that's when you can see him gliding back. And and, and yes, should that be happening? No. Uh, and he kind of, I think he'll mature and he'll grow out of it, and and the team will eventually get better and and things will turn around. But I mean, for now, it's it kind of just is what it is, and, and until things kind of turn here and you really see these guys uh, get shipped out and then the team get overhauled. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference in the next no. 40, 50 games here. No, I mean, the people who are listening want to believe that Eichel is a primary issue on this team. Go look where the Edmonton Oilers are in the standings. I think that's the best argument. Go look where the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the standings. I just looked at it in my power rankings. They're ranked 20th in the league right now in point. The Pittsburgh Penguins. And guess who's not scoring goals for them? Sidney Crosby. So they trade Sidney Crosby or get rid of Sidney Crosby? Of course not. So Edmonton get rid of McDavid? Of course not. The issue is they're really <laughs> good <can>. hockey players. Shirelli <laughs> <laughs> ended up trading them for, I don't know, who knows, Dylan Strom to Arizona or something. No home Eric Carlson straight up. up. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that would be a massive trade, but if that actually happened, that'd be insane. Anyways, <laughs> but I mean, you know, McDavid, Crosby, Eichel, give me a really good player in the league. Alexander Ovechkin has zero Stanley Cups. There's flaws around the teams that are around them, especially this year in case of Crosby and McDavid and Eichel. The McDavid has terrible. no secondary scoring. The defense isn't great in Edmonton. Pittsburgh's defense is atrocious. And he also lost guys like Nick Benino. He doesn't have that secondary scoring in the bottom six that he's had previously. Look where they are in the standings. Eichel, only two of the guys team can score goals. I mean, that's – it is what it is. I mean, that's just the state of the game. This isn't the NBA. You can't have one player in this league who just takes over the entire game and can just put a team on his back every single night. I mean, you'll see it some nights. I mean, we saw it against Carolina. He had four points and a hat trick. He said, we're not losing this game. I'll score his goals in time this game, and he did it. You can't expect that every single night from that guy or any player, Crosby, anyone. They I still mean, lost that game. Right, they still lost the game. <laughs> and he had four points and three goals. I mean, it's, again, it's insanity. And, you know, I mean, Crosby, his Stanley Cups, he has two Stanley Cups. Yeah, but he also has Phil Kessel, Evgeny Melkin, Chris Letang, Matt Murray, Cornquist, Sheary, Flurry, he had it. Benino, who's gone now. Rust, who was playing well, but that team was loaded. He had James Neal at one point. He had a Ginla at one point. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he got to get the help, and that's the whole thing. It's There's been days, there's been weeks where Eichel has not been where he wanted it to be. But if you're going to rank issues, he's issue 152 for me. Like that, uh-huh. and, and to have people continually bang on it all season long and go back to it and say, well, look, the tank didn't work. Well, it did because you tanked to get Jack Eichel. What didn't work is Tim Murray did not make the right moves to build around him. He traded away a lot of picks he shouldn't have done. He made poor draft picks, and it's burning them now. You know, they put too much money in guys like Justin Bailey, who you'd never hear from on a good team in Rochester, Nick Baptiste, who's not doing anything on a good team in Rochester, and those were the guys that we thought were coming. They've been blown by by C.J. Smith, by – 
fashing who was just here was playing better than those two guys who in the beginning of the year we thought those two were locks. But C.J. Smith, who, by the way, the second year, second year in a row, I know he's not playing now. Second year in a row, I called somebody who's really good this year, the prospect. I had Carrier this year, last year, and I had Smith this year. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but, I mean, those guys have been blown by. Bailey and Baptiste are afterthoughts. Honestly, in my opinion, I would trade Bailey and Baptiste in the wait, season and try to get something else for him. Is Bailey hurt? I think he recently got hurt again. He was hurt, played, and I think he recently just got hurt again. Yeah, he only has five games. Yeah. So, you know what? He might have actually not played. I think he played one or two games maybe. So, you're right. So, I won't include Bailey. But still, Baptiste. What is going on with Nick Baptiste? I've got nothing from him. That's not good enough from Nick Baptiste. On a good Rochester team, I need more than that. I need more than that. I can't have – Sahir Gill having more points than Nick Baptiste. Like I can't have that. I can't have that. And it's just it, it's it's frustrating. And it gets back to the whole thing with Murray. It's he put the investment in the wrong guys. Uh, he's made some good, you know, I guess some decent picks recently. You could say Asplund, um, but I don't know. I mean, Nylander looks pretty questionable now. When he could have had Sergachev, and like how good he's doing in Tampa Bay. I mean, Nylander is still only nineteen, so we don't know what's going to be, but. Right now, it looks like a bad a bad deal. And Sam Reinhardt's not living up to his expectations, but I don't know, can you blame that much on Murray because that was a low draft? It's just yeah. – it's tough. It, it really is tough. I mean, the big trades of O'Reilly and Kane, I would have made those trades. I'd make those trades again. Kane I, yeah. scoring goals. O'Reilly's O'Reilly. Trading at first for Leonard, whatever. Okay, Leonard's playing pretty well, but, you know, it's – I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just, I think, trading all of the draft assets – it was a couple of years ago. We kept saying, look at all these picks we have. And then really, we didn't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably is the most frustrating part. And now we don't really have the prospects to come be playing. Instead, we have Jordan Nolan and Gergen who hasn't scored in three years and Johan Larson. And we're shipping Matt Molson to California just to get out of here. That's kind of what <laughs> we're left with right now, why we are where we are. So I don't know. I have a little change it there. So I don't know if you want to comment on anything I said, but we went off in left field there a little bit. I will say one thing. At least we haven't had to really complain about the goalies this year. I mean, not that they've been good, but it hasn't Besides been like Chad a, Johnson. Chad Johnson has been pretty bad. It hasn't been a focal point of like the madness, no. which has been refreshing this year. Uh, and I, even Walmart's playing really well in Rochester. Yeah, which is good to see. And I, I think uh, I, I think it's nice that I, I, it's funny because I see tweets where I think it's, it's people are just kind of I don't want to say done. Sabres, but it kind of feels that way where they just they're starting to feel nothing yeah which is sad uh, but I think it's kind of what it is where last year we had to fight everybody off we were complaining about Leonard uh, and this year I think everyone just realizes that I mean the forwards are terrible and the, the defense struggled early and, and they're taking a while to mesh now even when they're healthy and and we're not putting up goals you have what did I have here 15 goals in nine games it's just and you yeah. know, how many games do you really expect to win? They're probably lucky they're two, four, and three this month. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of those um, points they got in games against St. Louis and Chicago, the only reason they got points is because Leonard stood in his head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even that one. What, what game did they have? 50 saves? I think it was a St. Louis game, and they lost yeah. in overtime. Yeah. When Tarasenko skated by the whole team. And even the, yeah, the, the Carolina one, that's such a bad OT goal, too. It was with, what, like two seconds left? That was Johnson, though, in Carolina. Carolina. Oh, the, it was a Chicago one, my bad, where he played okay. really well, and then they scored with, like, no time left. 
Oh, but that was that was the wristline and screen one. You didn't see it when right. uh, yeah. I forgot who it was the Chicago defense shot from the point. It was like a nothing shot, but he never saw it. And yeah, I like that was the one I genuinely felt bad because I, I thought he yeah. played well. He played well enough to win against you know not as good as a Chicago team, but they're still Chicago. I mean, give give mm-hmm. credit. It's like it's kind of like the Patriots in football. I mean, Chicago is going to be Chicago. Um, yep. it's, it's, you know, eventually they're going to be there. And, uh, I just, I thought he played really well. And then for that to go in with two seconds left before the shutout or shootout, um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I, I think, um, it's, it sucks, but at the same time, it's, it's nice that we can really pinpoint that, you know, the defense is, is kind of turning around. You're probably going to need to make a couple tweaks. I think Gooley is still on his, on the track to make it, uh, up next year. Um, yeah, we're going to get to that in a second, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think you just need to really blow up and overhaul the, the forward core, the forward grouping. And uh, I, I think it's slowly starting. You're going to see more here. And then I, not, not that necessarily I think maybe John, Johnson or Leonard are going to be back, um, but or the goalies of the future, because I, I don't think actually that is the case. But they've been playing well enough, and I think it's just it's refreshing that they're not the ones we're talking about either at this point. And it's just the uh, – you know, the team as a whole and the, the lack of scoring and, and passing and, and consistency, um, even from the line perspective and the coaching, that has really been a struggle for the team this whole year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, like I said, you know, Leonard I've had no problem with all season long, mm-hmm. the majority of the season. Um, Johnson <laughs> recently just, is kind of making me go, eh. Just hug the post, right? <laughs> exactly, just hug the post. <laughs> we, haven't had any, we haven't had any of those goals in a while, so I'll say that. But uh, – <laughs> But Johnson makes me a little bit nervous, but we'll see if he can turn that around. Uh, so to move past the Sabres here, uh, the team itself, uh, we're going to move on to the Amrex. We're going to talk about some real junior stuff. So the Amrex are still absolutely crushing. Like I said, they won last night. Uh, CJ Smith leading all rookies in scoring 10 goals, 20 assists, 30 points. That also ranks him fifth among all players in the AHL. Gooley is third among rookie defensemen in scoring, six goals, 17 points. That has him tied for 11th among all all AHL defensemen. Uh, Allmark is 13th in gold against average with a 2.49. He is eighth in save percentage with a 9.23 and leads the AHL in wins with 13. Third most points in the AHL with 40, the Amherst, 17, 6, 3, and 3. Two points by the Marlies for the division lead. And they are third in the league in scoring. Pretty impressive at the end of the day, if you ask me there, Bill. Oh, yeah. And I think that's kind of the one bright spot we have here. Is just that even though the big club is, you know, doing terrible, uh, we at least have the, the Amherst playing really well. And you have guys like C.J. Smith that are playing really well. Gooley's, you know, still playing really well. I think the World Juniors here, and we'll get to it, is going to be a nice break for Nylander. Um, and I think that if they can – they're on a roll here, and if Allmark can keep up his play, and the, I think you're going to still get scoring from the Amherst as a whole, um, they should make a nice playoff run this year, which is, I think, exactly what Batra was looking for, and it's what he was talking about when he took over as GM of the Buffalo Sabres and uh, bringing in a guy, you know, he said that that would take over for the Amherst and, and really focus on them being a better team, and I, I think he's done that uh, here in just year one. Uh, they're playing really well. They're fourth in the league overall, only five points out of first. It's it's good. It's fine. It's, it's nice to see. I think most people wish we might get more Amherst games on MSG than Sabres. At right, this point, exactly. But, yeah. Uh, 
I'd like to see a little more of him than I have, but it's, it's definitely nice. I, you know, I retweeted quite a bit on BTV and, and follow along on the, the Amherst account to, to see how things are going. And it seems like every time I look or every time I see something pop up, it's, it's all good news and good news is, is good. Yeah. You don't have, you you don't have a lot of Buffalo. I mean, I mean, the good thing is Gooley is being Gooley, which we expected. Right. And the other exciting thing is, you know, we've, we've really never had a, I mean, Bailey's had his good seasons, at least okay seasons. Um, We've never really had a guy recently that's doing what CJ Smith is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty impressive. I mean, he looks like he looks like a man amongst boys most night, especially when you see his goals. I mean, I remember the goal we turned that one defenseman inside out. There was an overtime game recently where he just blew by the defenseman for the breakaway to win the game. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to get carried away or crazy or anything, but he looks like the Sabres version of a Jake Gensel who – you know, is, is this undrafted free agent who needed some time to grow and develop. And he's going to play probably this entire season in Rochester, except maybe for a few games at the end of the year. But even still, I think it'll probably be the whole season in Rochester. And then you bring him up next year, and you got to be pretty excited what he can bring. I mean, he's a guy who produced at the college level. He was a coveted free agent, which people say the Sabres don't get college free agents. Well, here's one that they did get. He was good in the prospects challenge. He wasn't. I don't think he was bad in training camp, but he didn't score the level he did in the prospects challenge when he was one of the better players in that tournament and stood out. Right. So, I mean, again, it's something that's carried through all season. He's, he didn't like, he didn't just show up to Rochester and start scoring. It, it started back in September and August where we kind of see this coming and developing and happening slowly. And, you know, here it is now continuing to the season. He's continuing the pace he's at. And, you know, I remember back when the Sabres had back-to-back Rookie of the Years, you know, with uh, Gerby and Ennis. And honestly, I think we're going to get that out of C.J. Smith this year, you know, Rookie of the Year in the AHL. And that's something to be exciting about. I mean, again, it, it's not it's not a draft pick either. It's a guy's guy's a free agent that you convinced to come here and play here. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what that turns out to be if, you know, am I expecting him to come to the NHL and score 40 goals and 70 points a season? Probably not. but there's no reason he can't be maybe a 20 goal scorer on like a third line, or maybe, maybe he's the guy that plays with Jack and, you know, whoever Reinhardt. Get right. Exactly. Maybe he's the guy who fills in that slot, you know, and, you know, we're going to talk about Nealander in a second. He's, you know, still seems like he needs more time, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm trying to get around it. Is there's a lot to be excited about in Rochester. You know, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They're winning games and, there's not been a lot of winning this organization recently, and mm-hmm. to have that happen in Rochester, I think, is huge for the franchise in general. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, and I think it's it's important too for you know CJ Smith that having the season you're having, I, I think, is he's kind of in the ghoulie bucket here when we're talking about call ups. I mean, you know, when you're playing so well on a team that's doing well, but you don't want to break that up. Uh, you right. don't want to pull him up here and maybe have him struggle on a bad team for a couple games, go back down, and then have to refine himself again. I mm-hmm. think when you have a guy like C.J. Smith who's over a point a game, you just let him roll, and you just let him keep going. And same with Gooley. Both those guys, I think you're just going to see them uh, spend the whole year down there, as they should. And I, like I said last time, um, I think we're at the point in the, in the Sabre season where if there are any call-ups, they're going to be guys like, you know, Fashing, who is going to play the same game every night. Uh, and it's more of a grinded out kind of game. Yeah, so I would 
I would think they would call up anybody. I mean, once Bailey gets back, I think that's who they would call up. You know, not mix it up. They just bring up Bailey and Baptiste, and I don't know. I mean, like I said, Bailey Baptiste fashion, and that way you don't mess with anybody else. And I don't know, maybe Kyle Chris Scullo. I think you were going to mention him. Maybe he's somebody <laughs> they bring back up. For whatever reason, or, I struggle with that name. But yeah. or when they make trades, you know, something I wanted to touch on briefly is when they make trades. Maybe they bring in more Scott Wilsons. Honestly, yeah, I, I think that's more likely. With the HL team. Yep. Just because, like, I even, I thought you'd bring up guys more like even like Porter or whatever, Stevie Moses or whatever. Just guys that, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily vital to their development to be on this winning run here in Rochester and, and not really bring up those guys like CJ Smith, kind of just letting them roll because uh, development is important, Botrell, and that's kind of what's happening here. So, yeah, I, I would think if, if any kind of trades happen, I think you're looking for, you know, a couple pieces or, or picks, but then also kind of a, a lower guy to come with it to fill that spot for the time being, which uh, <laughs> unfortunately for us viewers means <laughs> things things could get uglier. Yeah. yeah let's, uh, let's save that conversation for another day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, so real juniors, let's get there before we get into our grievances here. Uh, Sabres are going to have one, two, three, four, five players there now with Alex Nylander, Alex Nylander uh, being loaned to Team Sweden last night. Uh, if you're curious, Nylander has two goals and six points in 14 games this season with Rochester coming off that injury. So I think we're kind of in the same spot here where this is going to be a good thing for Nylander. But before we get into that, other players for the Sabres prospects, of course, Casey Middlesad is going to lead Team USA, and he looks like a super special player, and I am very excited about him. We can talk about him a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, Davidson for Team Sweden, who was a 2017 second-round pick for the Sabres, so very recently. Uh, Budik for the Czech team. He's a defenseman. And UPL, uh, the goaltender, who was a second-round pick, also the second second-round pick – actually, the first second-round pick this year. Uh, UPL – who was going to be the probably going to be the starting goaltender for Team Finland? Uh, so let's kind of touch on maybe briefly here Nylander and Middlestat. Uh, I think Nylander's decision is a good decision. Uh, do you come down in the same area as me as well? Oh yeah, I think. I mean, Nylander hasn't. He's in the kind of the same boat as Baptiste, except he's kind of expect not expected to be. Uh, I, I, he's not expected to, you know, be tearing it up right now. I, I think. We would like him to be, but I don't think it's the end of the world that he isn't. Um, but he, he's still, you know, almost a, he's a little over a point every other game. And I think that sending him to the World Juniors here to play with kids uh, around his age and let him really kind of go to a really good Sweden team and take over here, uh, which is what I would expect him to do in this tournament. It could really give him kind of that break from the American Hockey League and maybe even give him a boost to go into the second half here. Uh, I, I think it's the right move, and I think it's exactly what Nylander needs here to kind of just reset, regroup, have some fun at this tournament, play really well, uh, and then go back and get back to work uh, for the second half of the season and into the playoffs for the American. I agree. So to Casey Middlestat, he's been playing really well in University of Minnesota. We've seen a lot of his highlights in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. uh, he had a couple very highlight real plays for the USA team last night in the 14-0 pre-tournament win of Team Belarus in Jamestown. I don't know about you, but the Sabres might not have literally won the lottery, but they might have won the lottery if that kid signed an eight because he looks like a special player. Oh, yeah. 
He, I, I, just, I mean, it seems like every week uh, there's a new highlight from Middlestad coming out that kind of just knocks your socks off. And uh, it's really nice to see. Uh, it's exciting. And I cannot wait for to get him and, and more skill like that on this team because it's exactly what we need. Uh, speed, skill, and the whole package. And I agree with you. And, and we even talked about it, you know, pre-draft that um, like Brandon Shear Cohen, who was on the, the mock draft with us, thought he was a top three talent. Yep. Uh, I had him pretty high too. So the fact that he dropped to eight was, it looks like it might've been a gift. And like you said, hopefully things keep rolling in that direction because he looks like he could be a gift and a, and a special player, which would be nice because that hasn't necessarily happened here in the last couple of years of drafts. You know what he kind of reminds me of, you know, is I, I kind of expect him to go and have a Clayton Keller type role juniors, you know, Keller teared up, tore up the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Arizona at the end of the year when his season was over. And then look how he's doing this year. I kind of expect that similar type thing here from Casey Middlestad, to be honest. I, I think he comes pro next year. I think I think he even sees some games with the Sabres this season. A few. Because unless unless they go to the, you know, the NCAA championship game, which is possible. It's the University of Minnesota. But if he doesn't, I think he sees games with the Sabres this year and he is in the lineup next year. Cause I mean, there's people who say he, he's there's people who say he could play in the Sabres roster right now. I mean, you talk to some of the scouts and some of the people who watch the prospects from around the NHL, they're saying he's good enough to play on this team right now. Based and he brings skill, that speed and skill, skill. Right. The speed and skill that he brings to the game, scoring ability, his vision, all of that. You know, that's there's not much of that on this team besides what Jack Eichel brings and Evander Kane's scoring ability. So that's again, I'm excited about it. And, and again, like I said, they might have literally won the lottery, but I think they might have won a lottery here, you know, with getting him. But before we get off the road juniors, there's two other guys I want to mention. Um to watch, of course, there's Rasmus Dalin. Um, I mean the Sabres are where they are, so let's not ignore the fact here. He's going to be probably the top pick in the draft. He plays defense for Sweden. And then the kid from Russia, Sevchenkov, Sevchenko. I'm saying his name wrong. And I've said it like 15 times today. But the kid is going to play for Team Russia. He plays in, uh, I think, the Western Hockey League. He plays in Canada right now. So there's no issues with him going to the KHL. But he's another one you're going to want to watch for Team Russia. But those two guys are pretty are pretty exciting players, especially Dalin, because, you know, because he's <laughs> – I mean, believe it or not, I know we don't want to talk about him yet. We'll have time for that, but right. he's kind of literally the defenseman the Sabres actually really need, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so we'll see what yeah. he does. He'll play with he'll play with Nylander. He plays with Davidson, so we'll get a lot of run of watching him for Team Sweden. Um, the tournament starts on the 26th. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to try to get to a few games. So that'll be pretty exciting to see all that. It's in Buffalo again, so that's awesome. That'll be fun. You know, the World Juniors are always fun. There's not a lot around the hockey team here, so anytime you can go catch some good hockey, you know, I would recommend you uh, for listeners to do that and go check out some of the prospects that you don't get to see very often because they all play in Europe. Besides Middlestad, all of them play in Europe. So this is kind of the really chance you get to see them right now besides the prospect uh, camp that we see in like once a year in August. Anything else in the World Juniors before we start airing some grievances, Bill? I think I can do a good segue. Okay, go ahead. Those USA jerseys are terrible. They are really, yes. That is They're, going to be the early grievance. That is Those so Team bad. USA outdoor game jerseys are, are the most laziest brutal. 
<laughs> the laziest thing you could have ever done. Yes. It, it made me nervous for the Sabres Winter Classic jerseys, which they, by the way, nailed, which we said a few times. Yeah. Uh, but those are really bad. They're, 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 they're Bills jerseys that are made in hockey jerseys, and it looks terrible. I've, I've seen a few. I went into the Sabre store. I think it was Tuesday before I, went to the, before I went to the press box. I looked around, and those were in there, and they're even worse in person. They are awful. <laughs> they are so bad. And it's, it's unfortunate that we're going to have to watch, you know, Team USA wear those on, you know, for the game. But, you know, it's a good grievance to start. That, that's bad. That's the process, that's eh? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right, so let's officially segue here to our Festivus airing of grievances segment a festivus for the rest of us no instead there's a pole requires no decoration i find tinsel distracting the tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances i got a lot of problems with you people now you're gonna hear about it kruger you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. All right, so we had a few come in on Twitter, and Bill and I have a few of our own. Um, so let's start with the Twitter ones, Bill, because I know we're both kind of feverishly writing over here some of our grievances we're going to have. Uh, so let me pull them up here. The first grievance, let me get the Twitter handle, comes from that's a good Twitter handle. Uh, large Tim at large Tim Hortons. He says, or she, besides feeling the emotion of blue, <laughs> the grieve I grieve them not using the switch to Adidas to bring back the royal blue. And Bill, after seeing the the winter classic jerseys in pictures. Uh-huh. And every time I go to Dick's recently for Christmas and I see those window classic jerseys there look even better in person. Like the other ones look worse in person. These ones look even better in person. I couldn't agree more. I can't wait. Honestly, if it was me, I would take the window classic jersey and just have that be my road jersey the entire season because those are beautiful with the colors and everything. So I, I think it's a good grievance and I couldn't agree more. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I'm totally cool with it. Um, you have to wait, what, three years? And, so, well, they said, they said they're going to bring every team – not every team. I think every team is getting a third jersey and extras. So maybe they kind of do that with a third jersey and slowly and make their slowly way. rotated right in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally cool with it. I, uh, I mean, I didn't hate the jerseys as much, but, uh, yeah, I'm totally cool with going back to the Royal Blue. I do think it looks better. Um, yeah, that's all I got on that. All right, so the next one we got here. This is a few in here. This is from at JohnnyB1211. They say, I have lots. Putting Reinhardt on the fourth line, people acting practic- people practically acting like Eichel is a bust just because the team is playing bad. We talked to both about both of those. And then this is the Nathan Bolu thing. And he says, and Nathan Bolu in general. So I think we kind of <laughs> covered all those, our opinions of all those feelings, right? I would agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I might put Josh George's in general, but. That's funny. It's funny how you just put in general. I like that. (laughs) Uh, So that's all I had uh, from our fan and grievances. So our grievances we have here with this entire season, 
Uh, I know there are many. Let's try to keep it to a few here. Uh, do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? I will. I can go first. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm going to start with the lifting of a grievance. Okay. Yes, the team has been terrible, and they've been, you know, not as fun to talk about this year. But the grievance that was lifted off my chest from Matt Molson going to California <laughs> <laughs> has just been a festivist miracle in itself. Um, <laughs> the fact that I don't have to complain about him anymore or say some snarky comment and say, you know how I feel about him, like I feel like I do every week on the podcast. <sighs> it's nice that I just don't have to see my coach power play specialist and talk about him anymore <laughs> good luck you're a good guy and you had some really nice flow i'll be nice now uh but uh, enjoy california enjoy california is right <laughs> hit those waves my man that's a good one to start all right so i'll go here as my next one um this one for me kind of dates back to the off season because i feel like you know everybody likes to be right everybody likes to come out and make a prediction that they're right on. And this particular player, I went out of the limb. I even defended him to you and gave you reasons why I thought there'd be a bounce back season this year. I have a big grievance with what Zegmas Jurgensen is doing <laughs> to my credibility. I even had the hashtag don't sleep on Z and he is sleeping this entire season. He has a one goal and four points in 29 games. Uh, that's a good one. That is my first grievance. Uh, Jurgensen single-handedly is killing my credibility in the hockey world. Because I'm on a limb, and I said this guy's going to have a bounce-back season. <laughs> he was going to play top four minutes. He was going to have, like, 50 goals and 40 points this season. No. No. God <laughs> damn you, Zegmas Gergensen's. Ah, that's my first grievance. Back to you. I whacked the tennis ball back to you. That's a good one. Um, I'll, let's see. I'll save this one. I think I'm going to go next with, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the defense here Okay. and I'm going to grieve about what Antipin could be and what he should have been <laughs> and, and what he <laughs> hasn't been at all. And I don't necessarily know that it's his fault. Okay. So my, <laughs> my grievance is going to be, I'd love to see much more Antipin and where is he in front of the net? I had all these highlights from mm-hmm. Ivis giving us pictures of, you know, or videos of 93 tricking everybody because he's got a forward number standing <laughs> in front of the net on the power play and getting goals and, and scoring all the time. And uh, instead he sits out every other week and shows flashes of his speed and, and his offensive upside. And, and then he's gone again for another two weeks and Josh George gets to be shoved down my throat instead. <laughs> so my, my grievance is I thought Antipin would be the defenseman that Housley wanted and he shows no interest in him whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of drives me nuts. That's a good one. All right. I'm up next. I have another one here. Um, where was I lost? I got to find the exact stats. All right, here you go. This is a recent grievance of mine. So this player, Got injured in the beginning of the season. Went down to Rochester, played well. Came back up. Has been playing well. As of practice yesterday, he's playing as the extra. Bill Housley, 
why are you dressing Evan Rodriguez as an extra? He brings speed to this roster. He has ability to score. He has more goals in seven games than Bullyu, Josephson, Georges, Fadoon, Wilson, Falk, Bogosian. I mean, Bogosian don't play that much. I mean, remember, he's a, real, real quick, remember how we had this uh, talk about Bailey when he was sent back down? Oh, don't, don't, don't skip out on Creamers this year, right? Though I'm on this one right now. <laughs> okay. Let me give you the exact list of players that in seven games, Evan Rodriguez has more goals on. In seven games, Larson, Gergensens, Josephson, Rissalainen, Scandella, Antipin, Bullyu, Georges, Wilson, Falk, Bogosian. He has more goals than all of those players. But he was playing in the fourth line the last two games when he was playing really well as a third-line player. And then he's an extra in practice. Bill Housley, stop overthinking yourself. Put Rodriguez in the lineup and play him. Ugh. Grievous number two, back to you, Bill. <sighs> okay. So, remember when we did the all-time Sabres draft? Yes. And I won because I was a draft of the people? <sighs> I think this is going to be a grievance for the people. Okay. What are we doing with this power play? Like, seriously. (laughs) We went from the best power play in the league to getting a coach who's offensive and is going to activate the defense. Five-man rush, Bill. (laughs) And we can't score at all. We're like 10 for 70 on on the power play this year. I still don't know how we're not dead last. Every time I hear we're 31st, I'm like, who is this 32nd team? Columbus has like 8% power play percentage. Is that who it is? Yeah. Yes. It's like, holy crap. I, and the fact that the unit that was literally the number one power play in the, uh, in the league last year has seen the ice together maybe three times. And they've actually scored goals in those three times. <laughs> yeah. Two out, of, two out of three they scored. <laughs> And then because they didn't score on that third time, they were broken up and haven't seen you guys together since. That's a good power, one. A, power play grievance. That's even one of the top ones. That, that's pretty good. That's a good one. That's, that's pretty good. That's a good one. All right. I have one for you. And I think you're going to like this one because we both have on this boat all year long. And it's going to happen. It's unfortunate. But I'm still going to hear his grievance anyways. The day it happens, I'm going to be really mad that you traded to Vander Kane. Because he's scoring a lot of goals, and he's really mm. good on Jack Eichel's wing. And I'm not happy about it. They're going to trade him because the team is bad, and they need players and picks, and they're going to do it, and I'm going to be mad about it. And that's my grievance. That's number three. Trading Evander Kane, I'm not going to like it. They're going to do it because he fits with Eichel, and he should stay here and re-sign and play with Eichel. But I agree. Cool. I, think I'm gonna add to I think I'm going to add to your grievance of he is exactly the player this – Town needs. I'm gonna even go to town. He's he's a a scrappy guy. He scores. He's fast. He'll fight. Blue collar. He's exactly what this town is. And we're gonna ship him out. <sighs> Come on, Vegas. Make it 80 million cap next year. <laughs> Let's trade him and then bring him back in the summer. <laughs> Which I could be a mini grievance there. This doesn't count. <laughs> but Vegas is number one in the West. Oh my God. <laughs> And that's I'll, – I'll save that one because that's, that's not my grievance. All right. Go ahead. Get, get your grievance uh, out there. All right. 
I guess I'll use this one now. I'm going to tie this one back into my original one. So now oh, that oh, Matt- by the way, I have one more grievance. I just thought of a really good one, and I'm so excited about it, but go ahead. Sorry. I just thought of my last one. Go ahead. Not a problem. Now that Matt Molson is gone, instead of just relieving myself of anger, I need to shift my anger. <laughs> Jordan Nolan, I'm looking at you. <laughs> this guy has played 30 games. And he has four points. I'm pretty sure they're all the same game. He had two goals in one game. <laughs> the guy literally takes horrible penalties at the worst times. Remember that, really... remember that game that we were down one and he said he was going to fight the guy and he got the extra penalty when we were going to get a power play? Yeah, because somebody got high-sticked. So he decided to just start to fight him. Uh <laughs> I've just I've had enough with Jordan Nolan. He's the new Matt Molson. He's the younger Matt Molson. They have basically the same haircut. Uh, except, <laughs> except Molson's flow is at least a little better. Uh, and now I see him on the second line and the third line and playing instead of Rodriguez. And I want to pull my hair out and ship him to California or the moon, whichever they prefer. <laughs> Jordan Nolan, I've had enough. All right, this is my last one. And this is... I'm going to say this. I'm looking up the stats right now for this guy. And it's not a Sabres grievance. It's more of an NHL grievance. And I think everybody needs to take a seat right now listening to this podcast. Put your headphones in good. Get a pen and paper and write this one down because this is extremely important. <sighs> Two off seasons ago, there was a player. It was a really prominent player named Steven Stamkos who hit the open market. And there's a lot of teams like Toronto and Buffalo <laughs> who are going to go after Steven Stamkos. I know where this is going. And you sure as hell know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay decided to re-sign Steven Stamkos to a pretty good deal <laughs> and bring him back. There was one other player in Tampa Bay Lightning that was a free agent. <laughs> who could that have been? Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> Nikita Kucherov, who has 23 goals and 48 points in 33 <laughs> games, and signed a three-year, <laughs> $4.7 million contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning, $4.7 million per season. And nobody offer-sheeted him. Nobody. And if one team would have offer-sheeted him, you would have made the Tampa Bay Lightning choose between Stamkos or Kucherov. Instead, they have both, and they have 50 points, and they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year because nobody wanted to grow a pair and offer-sheet Kucherov. Oh, I'm going to throw something. I, I'll never get over it. I'll never get over it. I'm saying right now, I'll never get over it. <laughs> I will yell this every single season until the day that I die. I don't even care Kucherov retired. I'm still going to yell <laughs> it. That nobody offered to Nikita Kucherov when they could have gotten him for basically nothing. Nothing. 48 points, 33 games, $4.7 million per season. Now I'm done. That's my last. You can go again. That's my last grievance. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't, know, I don't know if I can follow up with that. I think that's maybe where it should end. I mean, my last one was going to be, all right, uh, you know what? I can do this. So there was a team that I liked a whole lot. No, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> because of all of the young talent they were getting. Yes, did they get lucky a lot? They sure did. <laughs> you could say they actually won quite a few 
first overall picks <laughs> <laughs> and are the butt of most lottery drafts now. Why did they win this year? <laughs> <laughs> right? But what Shirelli has done with the Edmonton Oilers and shipping out all those players that I loved, and by the way, when he ships Nuge out, that'll be like it. I'll have nobody left on that team that I – it was Gagne, Hall, Eberle, all those guys gone. Yep. So I will end this airing of grievances with a curse to the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> since trading Hall straight up for Adam Larson, who has four points this season, straight he has four up points for Ryan Strom. I hope you are terrible for the entirety of McDavid's career since you thought that you could get away with it and sign Milan Lucic and put dead oh weights God. on McDavid's line and think Patrick that Maroon. just <laughs> <he'll> just <laughs> a Patrick moron. <laughs> and Taylor I, just Hall, that- I, I did my power rankings today and I put this number in there Taylor Hall has 31 points Jordan Abley has 27 points Ryan Strom has 15 Adam Larson has 4 4 <laughs> 4 points combined they have 19 points what is 31 plus 27 so it basically it's 19 to 31 plus 27 58. 58 points between Everly and Hall. And Strom and Larson have 19 points. They don't Edmonton's biggest issue is they don't have secondary scoring. <laughs> you want to know why? Because their thought. idiot GM traded it all. Not only did he trade them, he traded them one-to-one and didn't get a freaking For nothing! For, for nothing. For nothing. You're telling me you couldn't get a couple bottom six wingers for – I just did – whatever. I mean, how many GMs do we hear about come out and say that like, they would start they would start Taylor Hall conversation with a first round pick? Yeah, that's, that's, that that would have just started the conversation. I, oh, that guy! I that guy only has a job because he fell ass backwards into McDavid. That's the only reason that guy still has a job in this league. For sure. I mean, well, he's the one that traded Sagan too. He <sighs> did. <laughs> he traded Sagan. <laughs> I just I hope they're terrible for the entirety of his career. Didn't he trade it, Castle too? Was he the one who traded Castle too? Yep. That might have been my uh my favorite article that came out about a month into the season that Edmonton needed <laughs> secondary scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the replies people say you should call Every, about Jordan Everly yeah. and Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah. Hey hey guys, ever hear about Jordan Everly? <laughs> He's pretty good. Jesus. Oh, oh man, well, that, felt good. that was good. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. That Kucherov one hit me right at the end, and that was mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't let that one go. That was passionate. Oh my god, and it'll be passionate until the day I die because that'll probably be the thing in hockey that frustrates me the most in the entire world. Next, you know what's number two is that no one offers she to Andres Antonisiu who makes one point nine million dollars this season. That's my yeah, next grievance. But that's. That's nowhere near. That's nowhere near what Kucherov has 48 points in 33 games. But, yeah, you know, whatever. Anyways, so wrap this episode up. It's getting late here. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, at PTB Hockey. Uh, interact with us. Uh, message us, whatever. Uh, subscribe, rate, share. iTunes, Spreaker, Switcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Uh, make sure you check out that Grandstand Sports Network. And also make sure you check out all the excellent articles at Die by the Blade. Uh, reciting our world junior coverage so make sure you check that out uh and everybody have a happy holiday 
Uh, yes. Bill and I will talk. We'll definitely be back with you next week because I haven't told Bill yet. So I guess I'm telling him now. Uh, we should kind of do maybe like the best and worst of 2017 moments, maybe kind of an end of the year wrap up type deal. <laughs> um, before we get to 2018, hope we can hope and pray is a better year for the Buffalo Sabres because 2017 was not so nice. That'd be fun. Um, we can do a, a, a New Year's resolutions for the Sabres. Yes, there you go. So look at these all these ideas that we're just thinking about on the fly right now. All these, all these like just tips and. You guys can start a, thinking too. Yes, exactly, exactly. Just like the Aaron Greenman just give us your new resolutions for the Sabers. Beautiful, yeah. I love it. Great idea. Some, some of you, after hearing that segment, are mad you didn't join in because that was <laughs> exactly very exactly. relieving. <laughs> it is relieving. I feel good now. I'm going to go upstairs and <laughs> feel happy. I got that Kucherov thing off my chest again. It feels we good to get ended, that off. We're ending an episode laughing, so that's a, hey. that's a step in the right direction. Exactly. It's better than what we were, we were yelling two weeks ago. So that, that's a good thing. We were going through the stages of depression. <laughs> right. What stage are we on of grief now? Like five or six, right? Remember that stage? So? I think it's <laughs> fake laugh hiding real pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly where we are. So for Bill and Chad, we are going to be out of here this week. Thank you very much for listening. Like I said, everybody have a great holiday. Be safe. Uh, hopefully Santa brings all your gifts or whatever holiday you believe in. Um, Maybe even Festivus, everybody enjoy their poll. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll wrap up 2017. Look forward to 2018. And we'll talk to you next week. See you. Yeah. Shot it!